slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us here today as we talk Islanders hockey. Islanders heading to the second round to face the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We will have a full preview of the series, look at some of the things the Islanders need to do in order to win it, and uh, talk about some of the things they did well in the series against Pittsburgh. That hopefully will carry over. We've got the keys to the series and a whole lot more. This episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Download the app and join me this week. Now, it's usually Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. All right. Islanders, Bruins, round two of the playoffs. This should be a great series Not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll tell you this, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, if you ask me, can the Islanders pull this series off? I would have to say yes. They are more than capable of winning this series. Will it be easy? By no means will it be easy, but they are certainly capable of earning the win the same way they upset the Penguins who finished first in the East during the regular season. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And we are live tweeting. I am live tweeting during every Islanders game. So please feel free. I'll give instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with fellow Islanders fans when we are, uh, you know, in the middle of these tense and exciting playoff games. So the Islanders and the Boston Bruins. First thing I want to mention, uh, the big difference in my mind between the Bruins and the Penguins and the big reason why it'll be a little tougher in this round than it was in round one. Plain and simple, I'm going to say it in one word, goaltending. When you looked at the matchup in round one, and we talked about this before the series started, And quite honestly, we talked about it again throughout the series. On paper, the Islanders had a big edge in goal over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tristan Jarry, decent goaltender, good goaltender even. 
but minimal playoff experience and neither. He's not better, really, than either Simeon Varlamov or Ilya Sorokin. Both Islanders goalies, in my opinion, when you break it down and analyze it, are better goaltenders than Tristan Jarry. Not that Jarry is bad. You know, game five, the mistake he made in double overtime notwithstanding. Uh, But the goaltending was, at the end of the day, a big factor in why the Islanders won. At the end of the day, Ilya Sorokin was stellar, especially in Game 5, whereas Tristan Jarry was, with the exception of the Game 5, he was pretty good, but not spectacular. And as a result, the Islanders won some games in this series that they did not outplay the Penguins, but they were still able to win, and six games, game over. You look at the Boston Bruins, and one thing you have to take into account is that Tuka Rask is a better goaltender than Tristan Jarry. And Tuka Rask gives the Bruins experience and, you know, confidence that realistically, Jerry did not give the Penguins, especially after you had that, you know, mistake in double overtime. But look, at the end of the day, Tuka Rask has won a Vesna Trophy. He's been an all-star. He has won, you know, a lot of hockey games, a lot of playoff hockey games. And quite honestly, you know, two-time all-star, one-time Vesna Trophy, won the Jennings Trophy last year. Here is a guy who at 34 is still still in his prime, probably starting to get up there in age, but realistically, I mean, he is a player who is more than capable of winning games for the Bruins that they probably don't deserve to win. And having your goaltender steal some games for you and for your team is absolutely a critical part of winning in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that aspect of things is going to be more difficult. Now, no doubt in my mind that the Islanders are going to stick with Ilya Sorokin, at least in game one. Whether or not, you know, if Sorokin stumbles, I honestly believe the Islanders would not hesitate to go back to Simeon Varlamov. At the end of the day, the Islanders are going to need both Varley and Sorokin to help them. If they're going to go on a long playoff run, both goalies have to be playing well and both goalies will be called upon, whether it's due to ineffectiveness, injury, you know, maybe someone just has a bad start or an unlucky start. The Islanders find themselves down three to nothing you know, six or seven minutes into a game, you switch goalies to try to change the momentum. All of that is possible. And at the end of the day, 
while the goaltending situation, Boston's goaltending, gives them uh, an advantage that Pittsburgh didn't have. You know, if, if you're asking me, would you rather have Rask or Sorokin or Rask or Vorlamov? The fact is, I'd have to think about it. So I don't think Boston necessarily has a an edge in goal, but the Islanders had an edge in round one, and that same edge is not there in round two. So they're going to have to see what they can do. As for the playoffs, you look at Tuka Rask's overall record. 55 wins, 43 losses, a 927 save percentage, and a 218 goals against average. And so far this year, a 941 save percentage, a 181 goals against average. So, you know, not easy to beat Tuka Rask. Just going to leave it at that. Not easy to beat Tuka Rask. All right, we've got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We'll take a look at some of the things the Islanders did well against the Penguins and need to continue to do well against the Bruins. And we'll look at some of the matchups in this series. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor? So when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their flavors. If you don't know Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Look at some of these. Coconut almond, coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite, salted caramel, that nice combination of salty and sweet. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box so you can get two of each of the nine flavors and figure out which one is your favorite. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So, you know, it's not only tasty, but it happens to be good for you. Don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day? Well, most moms I know love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite, at least for a while until you get her that next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So one thing that the Islanders did exceptionally well in the opening round playoff series, they shut down, not entirely, but pretty thoroughly. They, They limited the effectiveness of the Pittsburgh Penguins' top line. Sidney Crosby, one goal and one assist in six games. Jake Gunsel, one goal, one assist. And Brian Rust, two goals and one assist. And they're going to have to do something very similar against the Boston Bruins. Now, throughout the season, when you look at it, the Boston Bruins offense disproportionately came from their top trio of Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. That was their only consistent and reliable scoring line. And when the Islanders faced them, they gave them fits uh, during different times. So, look, J.G. Pajot is always a great defensive matchup. And I think he, Zajac, and Palmieri can help slow down 
that Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak line. And I think that the fourth line, the uh, identity line, can also be effective at slowing them down. Here's where it gets a little more complicated, though. And I don't think it's that much more complicated than it was against Pittsburgh. Because after the first couple of games, Pittsburgh also had Evgeny Malkin, who was a very effective second-line center and an outstanding player in his own right. And the Islanders were able to get under Malkin's skin and limit his effectiveness at times over the last few games of the series. Ever since the trade deadline, when Taylor Hall was acquired, the second line of David Krejci, Taylor Hall, and Craig Smith also became more dynamic and scored more points. You look at what Taylor Hall was able to do. In 16 games with the Bruins in the regular season, 8 goals, 14 points. That's almost a point a game, and his plus-minus was plus 15 in 16 games. Here is a guy who, with Buffalo, scored a grand total of two goals all season. Seemed to be absolutely flat. And yet, in the playoffs, uh, he has played well. And during the regular season, after that trade, he really came up big. So, the Islanders are going to have to figure out a way to shut down that line. And and you look in the playoffs through five games in the opening series, Taylor Hall, two goals, three points. But the big point getter, uh, David Pasternak, leads the team with six points. Defenseman Charlie McAvoy with five. And then goal-wise, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. No surprise there. They are tied for the team lead with three goals each. Slowing those guys down is going to be a challenge. And the way the Islanders do it is going to have to be the way the Islanders always do it. You do it with teamwork. You do it with different lines getting the job done. I think the third and fourth line are the most likely to be effective against that top line. The other obvious aspect, you want Pellick and Pulak out there against the Bruins' top line as often as you can because those guys are the, you know, the real deal defensively. They can help shut down the opposition's top line. So, again, it becomes important, and hopefully the Islanders will find a way to get that done. The other thing that you have to look at, and statistically, it is always vital, is special teams. And Boston's special teams are very, very effective. During the regular season, their power play was 10th in the league, almost 22% conversion rate. That means the Islanders have to stay out of the penalty box, which they, for the most part, did against Pittsburgh, And then they have to be effective at killing penalties, which, again, for the most part, they did that well in the Penguin series. It has to continue. Stay out of the box. And when you do take a penalty, you got to make sure you do a good job of killing it. The other thing is the Bruins penalty kill was the second best in the league. Opposing teams only converted 14% 
of their power play chances against the Boston Bruins in the regular season. The Islanders' power play, as any Islander fan can tell you, has been inconsistent, frustrating, and has hurt this team at various times throughout the season and into the playoffs. When they're going well, the Islanders' power play, they move the puck well, they make quick cross-ice passes, they get a player in front of the net, and yes, this is where they miss Anders Lee a lot, but they have got to be effective on that power play. And to me, two guys that key that, Nick Letty and Josh Bailey. Nick Letty usually is out there with the first unit. Josh Bailey often on the point on the second unit. These guys have got to distribute the puck, move it, quarterback that power play, and make sure that the Islanders can, again, like I said prior to the first round, the Islanders do not need to have a top two or three power play in the playoffs. They don't. But get me to the middle of the pack. There are eight teams left. Get me five or better. You don't have to be terrible. You know, you don't have to be the best but you have to at least be consistently efficient with the man advantage and make sure that your power play doesn't lose you momentum, which we did see happen a few times during the Penguin series. So that is another key area that we have to look at. The Islanders' power play has got to get the job done well enough. doesn't have to be outstanding, but it has to be good enough. All right, we've got more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. I'll make my prediction, and we have a couple of more key matchups to look at in this series. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. We also have the Belmont Stakes coming up right near the Islanders' future home uh, at the UBS Arena. And um, we've got NHL and NBA playoff action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. Saturday will be the 58th birthday for former Islanders center Claude Loisel. Loisel drafted originally by the Detroit Red Wings in the second round back in 1981, made his NHL debut for the Wings that year during the 81-82 season, later played for the Devils, the Quebec Nordiques, and the Toronto Maple Leafs before joining the Islanders in 1991-92, late in the season. He was a big part of the Islanders' 1993 run all the way to the Eastern Conference Final and was with the team through the 1993-94 season. Loisel, more of a defensive center, a checker, 
not a, a prolific offensive player, although he did have a, a career-high 17 goals uh, for the Devils back in 1987-88. Uh, played in 616 career NHL regular season games, 92 goals, 209 points, and 1,146 penalty minutes. 41 more goal uh, games in the postseason, 18 of them coming during the Islanders' big run in 1993. Looking back at one of his better games as an Islander, November 28, 1992, Islanders and Flyers going at it at the Nassau Coliseum for the Flyers. This one, Stefan Beauregard was the goalie, the Islanders countering with Glenn Healy, and uh, this one was a wild one. Islanders got off to a 2-0 lead on a pair of power play goals in the first period by Pierre Turgeon, Jeff Norton, and Tom Kerbers. The assists on the first, Brian Mullen and Scott Lachance on the second. A goal by Terry Karkner late in the period, and it was 2-1 Islanders after one. Islanders kept adding to their lead. Steve Thomas, his eighth from Turgeon and Kerbers at 10:25, and then a minute 23 later, Brad Dalgarno, his first from Claude Loisel, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and Pat Flatley. Then Ray Ferraro struck on the power play, his seventh from Uwe Krupp and Pat Flatley. Islanders were up five to one. A power play goal by Mark Recchi made it five two, but 22 seconds later, David Volek, his third from Kerbers and Steve Thomas. At the end of the period, it was 6-2 Islanders. In the third, the Islanders added to the lead. Claude Loisel, our Islanders' birthday of the day, his second from Jeff Norton and Vladimir Malakov at 10.01. Uh, a goal by Greg Peslowski of the Flyers cut it a little closer, but then Tom Fitzgerald and Tom Kerbers each with goals. Fitzgerald's was shorthanded. The Islanders blow out the Flyers by a score of 9-3 to three in this one, and for Glenn Healy, 33 saves to earn the victory for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Claude Loisel, a goal and an assist, a plus two, and he even tied for the team lead with five shots on goal. Islanders had 40 in the game. So once again, uh, a very happy 58th birthday to former Islanders center, Claude Loisel, and many, many happy more. Looking ahead now, a uh, couple of other things you need from the Islanders. The B&B &B line has been the most consistent offensive line for the Islanders. That needs to continue to be effective. And then the top line of Barzal, Eberly, and Uncle Leo. That line played better as the round against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the series against the Penguins, progressed. By game six, you had Eberly and Barzal being very effective offensively. And look, Uncle Leo, he played very well defensively and physically. 14 hits in game one, no less. Uh, but the Islanders are going to need a little more offense from that trio than they got early on in the first round if they're going to win. And obviously, Ilya Sorokin and or Simeon Varlamov, whoever's out there in goal, they really need to get it done. Uh, if, if Sorokin continues to play as well as he did in round one, the Islanders will be in great shape. And look, Sorokin was 4-0 and oh 
in that series, which uh, is pretty tough to beat. You look at the, the numbers for Ilya Sorokin through four games. These are some spectacular numbers. 4-0, a 9.43 save percentage, and a 1.95 goals against average. You keep playing like that, and I guarantee you the Islanders have a shot to win this series. They're going to have to win some low-scoring games. I could see a lot of 3-2, to 2-1, 1-0 to kind of games in this series. Both of these teams are very good defensively, and I think this one will once again go seven games. I hate to do this, but I think the Bruins will find a way to prevail in Game 7 in Boston. But again, the Islanders are more than capable of pulling off this victory, and I would love to be wrong. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That is going to do it for us on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back on Monday with a brand new episode. We will have our live tweets during the game on Saturday. And uh, of course, we may even throw in a little bonus episode, especially if the Islanders win on Saturday. So look for that and I'll try to put one together uh if it's at all possible. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Memorial Day weekend, the start unofficially of the summer season. What better way to celebrate the summer season then with Islanders playoff hockey. Can't wait for Saturday. Should be a good one. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.